Is this the show? Second segment. We're going to discuss a little NASCAR. I'm Joe. We got Tyler, Zeth, Danny, Devin. You heard us on the the previous episode or the previous segment. Now we're going to talk NASCAR. I know everybody's kind of like, what? what are you talking about NASCAR and all that kind of stuff? Well, this is America, so. Yeah, well. We go fast and turn left here. <laughs> That's right. Amen. Uh, so, right now we've uh, we've had a, a few, three, four races under our belt. Um, Actually, more than that. Has it been more than that? Eight okay. races. Eight, Eight races. races. Wow. And I okay. think there's been a different winner for every race. No. So, well, um, the first seven races had seven different winners, but Martin Truex winning uh, – the last race at Martinsville, he was the first repeat winner. Yeah, he had to go screw that up, didn't he? So, <laughs> well, why don't you, if you got the standings, go ahead and tell us who won the races. Well, here, the first race was, of course, the Daytona 500, which is Michael McDowell, um, which was when Joey Logano was Luck. leading the, the, the lot of that race, and Brad Keselowski and him got together, and he come, went around. Him and Chase Elliott went around at the same time. He got a little bit of front. They pulled the caution. That was the end of the race. Michael McDowell won. It was his first race. He'd been racing NASCAR for like 18 years, and that was his, his first win, which I guess if you're going to win one, the, awesome. the, the 500 is the one to win. Yeah, hundreds of starts. Uh, the second race was the Daytona Road Course, which was uh, they stayed you know, in Florida, which normally they go to California. How do you feel about that, Zeth? I about, know your boy Chase Elliott got done dirty, didn't he? He did. Uh, Christopher Bell got the win, but late in that race, uh, there was a slight shower, and NASCAR threw the caution to generate – excitement i think um i think it's i do i think nascar they thought this you know chase elliott was out by a lot so they thought we throw the caution bring them back together for the last few laps that'll make it exciting so everybody pitted and then everyone no one took rain tires that's what nascar's reason was oh we need to get rain tires it's raining but it was just a very slight shower like in turn two and it it ended as soon as it began so So you're talking about the rain tires that they currently say that they're Doing testing on? No, the no, road course yeah, they rain have, tires. They have road course rain tires. Oh, okay. But they don't have. They're working on the the flat track oval rain tires right now. That's what the test at Martinsville was. Now that they if didn't they use those race, tires either. If they can race in the dirt and have mud and all kinds of shit thrown up in the windshield, they can't see anything. Let them run in the rain. Yeah. So then I, the, the third race was uh, at Homestead. And it was William Byron uh, picking up a win. He actually did really well that race. Um, Jeff Gordon, protege. Uh, I think that was more Chase Elliott because he was he ran the twenty four after Gordon. But then after that was Kyle Larson. He won the uh, he won Las Vegas, which Larson coming back off a year of not racing, racing dirt. Uh, I think I mean that was an Racing early surprise win. I think everybody's <laughs> predicted him to win the dirt race, but I don't think anybody predicted him to win that early. That early in the season. No, but he's on a good team. You know, oh, he's yeah, blessed he's... to be put on Hendricks, and then 
instead of one of these no-name, you know, filler teams. Andrew's a lot better team than he what he used to have yeah, at Ganassi. Ganassi's Ganassi more of a mid-tier. He really kind of dodged a bullet, though, because Tony wanted him for Stuart Haas. And Ford wouldn't sponsor him. Uh, but Haas this year is really taking a downturn. Um, for some, They can't get their act together for some reason. Because they're spending a lot of money in the front. <laughs> well, having such really though what Kevin Harvick won eight races last year. But if you think, I mean, I know we had that slight break due to COVID, but Harvick didn't really start picking up until the summer. Yeah, that's how Tony always raced too. Tony didn't till late in the season kind of pick up. And if you you know, if you're looking at the stat sheet, Harvick I think is still in the top ten without even having won a race, and we've had what eight races, eight races, and then. Seven different winners? Yeah, in the first seven races, there were seven different winners, and Truex was the first repeat winner. Yeah, so we have seven different winners, you know, so that already takes up a spot in the playoff rankings. And Harvick still holds that number nine spot through all this. So he's had solid races. It's not like he just, you know, he's been running the mat, uh, in the back of the pack. And then after that, uh, Martin Truex won Phoenix. Um Speaking of Martin Truex winning that uh, the truck first race. ever dirt track race. <laughs> first ever. Never raced it before. And then the following week was Atlanta. Beginner's luck. Was Atlanta uh, where Ryan Blaney won. And that's when Larson was dominating that race. But his tires gave out on him. And Blaney came around for what? I mean, the last. Last second, just about. Yeah, but just a few laps left. And Blaney picked up the win. Uh, then after that was Logano at the dirt race, which I thoroughly enjoyed the dirt race. I was disappointed that they didn't get the heat races in because of the rain and they had to reschedule, but I thought it was pretty... I mean, there's things that need to be fixed. They need to go with a grate instead of a windshield, I think is a big one. Yeah. Um, and, the, and then wear tear-offs. But I don't like Logano, so I don't... I was kind of, he never raced dirt and yet again, beginner's luck. He won the dirt race. This should be a learning lesson to NASCAR. Yes, I enjoy the weekly races, but it is, I mean, with how much NASCAR is struggling right now, revenue wise, to be having these rain delays and, oh, we'll pick up this race, you know, Tuesday afternoon while everyone's at work. Well, you're not getting any money that way. You can't. If you had these races, you know, kind of like Formula One, on average, every two weeks. So, if, you know, just so happens that it gets rained out over the weekend. Well, don't screw the fans that pay their hard-earned money for those tickets. You have that next weekend to make it Or the people that were looking forward to watching it at home, you know. Yeah. And, and plus, plus, a lot of a lot of NASCAR fans, if they're going to go to a race, you know, they're – that's like a weekend deal. Like you said, if they push it to a Monday or sometime during the week, they're not going to be able to go. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as like reducing a schedule though, I mean, there's so much politics with each track getting a date. I, I, I don't see any big reductions in schedule because it's also comes down to TV dollars. Like how many TV days do you have? I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think you see what they're doing with the, with the oval rain tire testing. And that, I think that's the direction it looks like they're going with to try to solve that problem. Well, I wonder if I know in F1, uh, and F1 for TV to get their TV money, they have to race at least eight races a year. Uh, if they race like mm-hmm. was like last year with the COVID, 
if they didn't at least rate race eight races, they wouldn't have got paid TV-wise. So I wonder if NASCAR has a number. I imagine it's much higher than eight. It's probably... I would assume so. But I wonder I if they the have a number. Trend is going to be, the trend is going to be race more races, not less. It's just like yeah. the NFL, more games, not less, because it's all about TV dollars. But yeah, it hurts them a lot when they have to do these rain delays. I mean, and you've seen, there's been legitimate talk, which is kind of hilarious, that they might put a roof over Bristol. Which yeah, sounds, that's which sounds ridiculous, but like you know what? If it works, I mean, it's a small they, track. It's 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 feasible. You could think about them doing it because it could happen. They, they put so much time and money into these cars. Make the cars able to race in the rain. Well, I'm wondering. Yeah, they don't even have a roof, and they're racing in the there, rain. There's always been the question though: is like the really high speed ovals where you have high banking and you're going 200 miles an hour. Like the sounds rain like good tire. racing to me. <laughs> the rain tires just don't work because, like, and, and, and then they say like, okay, they did it where they did the roval in the rain, and they're going the same banking at like Charlotte, but they're not going full speed because they're coming out of the infield. They're barely going around that turn, like maybe a hundred miles an hour. What's their excuse? Why can Formula One at the drop they don't time? Do, you know, they don't do thirty-three degree banking at two hundred miles an hour in F one. But they, they also don't have return. people watching their show. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then the F1 cars are so much lighter than NASCAR. I mean, those cars are massive. Well, I think they're, they're, they're a multi-million dollar like business. They can figure that yeah. shit out. And tire wear is already such a huge deal in NASCAR. It's it's so much more of part of the game than in F1. I mean, it matters in F1, but NASCAR is all about managing tire wear. Yeah. And, and it, like so, the, the trend that they would have on those tires would wear off pretty quickly. I think. And so it looks like I mean, it looks like they're trying it. Because if they can do it on a road course, they could do it on a short oval, like a short track, like Martinsville. Well, yeah, there's no reason why. Well, there's no reason why they couldn't. But as far as getting it on the high speed ovals, like 1.5 miles, or even Daytona and Talladega, I, I don't know. I don't well, think it's going to well, happen. To go back to Devin talking about, well, why didn't they just go ahead and run it with the rain tires, or you know, what's their holdup? They were doing testing on it. They had a water truck mm-hmm. out there on the track. Of course, that's not the same as if you have a down, you know force rain or anything like that but i mean go ahead and do it i mean no one's making them haul ass if all the teams agree to it it seems like it's a nascar you know the sanctioning body saying no 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 we don't want to do that it's like no you you've designed tires and you've got the material to do it just do it well i think with the new car isn't a small startup race company right they have the money to back it if they want it done they can get it done i don't want excuses from nascar i want results sure but i feel like sure. if they could they would because obviously for them it hurts them a ton when they have to do these stupid rain delays three days later well i think with the new cars i think the new cars are becoming more relatable to like a the like gt, the GT yeah. cars and sports racing so i think you're gonna see uh the rain mm-hmm. tires and you're gonna see more rain races because i think what they are that? becoming more comparable to the sports car that picture y'all sent the other day of the front of the NASCAR with the headlights was that real? Yeah, yeah that's it's a real the, picture. That's a new. Uh, that's the Gen the Seven car. Chevrolet. So they're going to have actual lights. No, I'm not sure if those are. Light. Oh, I, I don't mean, know. That's either really good stickers or they have plastic lights on there. If I'm you were talking sure. about the Instagram page thing, maybe. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I think that's. I don't. I think that's just uh, stickers. I don't understand why NASCAR uh, can't have lights. Don't the IMSA cars that run the twenty four hours of Daytona have yes, lights? Yes, they do, but they race at night, and NASCAR only races at night when they have like the big floodlights. Hey, why well, want Talladega at night? That's 
We tried that on iRacing. Yeah, we didn't realize Talladega didn't have any kind of lights. Well, I can tell you, yeah, those, we did it pitch black. If those were stickers, they look pretty damn. Real they do to look me. really good. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. no way that's a, they, but, they had to be plastic lights. But if you look at the testing cars that they've been running, yeah. uh, just at the test sessions, yeah, if you see the front grill, it's just a flat grill. There is no nothing on. Nothing. Yeah. On. So yeah, yeah those, are, those are manufactured generic too. So what would be the point of putting these fake plastic lights in? Why not just put the sticker? That seems like more trouble than it's worth. Well, they're to not. Put in they're not putting lights. plastic lights. They're just putting stickers. I don't think they're going to be lights because they don't need them. Decals, whatever. Um, I mean, what would they use? What would NASCAR use lights, headlights for? They could run well, the twenty-four it, hours. Exactly. <laughs> they, could they, could could the they could do Daytona. They could do Daytona. Hey, thing. NASCAR did run Le Mans. Well, like one driver ran yeah, Le Mans back yeah. in the 70s. He well, didn't I, last very long. I don't but, know if their engines are designed to do that. No, they're I not think, they're not going mean, to go that no. long. Well, that's the high RPMs that they run on those car well, on those motors. Well, I don't know in, if they'd be able to do back that. Back in the 70s, I think it was, something happened and Le Mans didn't have enough cars to fill the field. So they invited NASCAR to partake in the 24 hours of Le Mans. Mm. Only one NASCAR driver took him up on it, and he ran, and he was like a low... He wasn't like no Richard Petty or anything like that. It was like a low team. Um, and he only lasted a few hours, I think. His car blew up on him. Like, they're not made to go that long. Well, Yeah, I wouldn't like, think so. Go ahead. Like what Joe was saying is, er, if you're running the race, like in the rain or whatever, you don't have to go... That like you, it's up to the driver how fast they want to go. If they feel like they can push the car and get around people and go faster, that's on the driver. And I understand safety. You know, you want to make the car safe as possible, and this and that to avoid you know catastrophic injuries and, and stuff. And it is. But at the but at the end of the day, it's a dangerous sport. And if the driver makes that decision to push the car beyond what they can handle, that was their choice. Well, that's you know? exactly like F1. I mean, because I, I heard those guys talk about in that show, they were like, well, you you kind of got to find a groove or the grip or what have you whenever it's raining. And I'm like, okay, yeah. well, I mean, I don't know where you find grip whenever it's raining, but I guess over time you kind of find a spot in the track where it's got right. some good grip. It'd be the same, I, I would think, for the NASCAR. Well, Even when it's dry, I, they say, well, I, you can run high because it's throwing all the... Exactly. Yeah. It's rubber and I think, I think even more so in NASCAR, that would work because it's pack racing. They're running so close together. If they're all running the same lines, that track's going to dry in that spot. You know, if they're if you get, if you get like, you know... 10, 15 cars running the same line every few minutes, you know, or however long going by, you're going to dry that track out in that spot faster than you would a F1, you know, track where they could be, you know, a pretty sizable gap between them. That's true. And the I mean, vortex effect. <laughs> I get, I get what Danny was saying. You know, they're trying to, you know, balls of the wall, go top speed or as fast as they can into these turns when it's raining out. But, you know, you have to adapt to that kind of thing. You know, knowing it's raining out and I'm running these rain tires that I can't just haul ass exactly. into this turn. Yeah. You, know? you need yeah, to adjust. Like, hey, no drivers. So there, that's, there's, there's been races in the past where you have tire issues and it becomes just ridiculous to watch and it's not fun. You know, they, I think there was a NASCAR race 10, 15 years ago at Indy 
where they had the tires tearing up all over the place and they had to pay like every 15 laps or something. It was stupid. And I think that's the situation they would want to avoid where it's like, okay, these tires are just not working. I think uh, that's when Tony Stewart right, called out Goodyear. Yeah, and he was saying right, that Goodyear, yeah, Goodyear exactly. pulled out of dirt racing, Goodyear pulled out of F1, Goodyear, he's, he was... He, he hates yeah, Goodyear, he was, he but he met. loves using them because he's got Goodyears on his new uh, racing <laughs> series. As he's but that, that's what they want to avoid. Like, okay, yeah, you could you could do it. You could go around the track, but like, would it be good? Would it be a good show to watch? Maybe not. Well, NASCAR had a tire war. Uh, was it back in the the nineties with Goodyear and Hoosier? Mm-hmm. And I mean, Goodyear won out. Hoosier's you know a smaller company. They didn't have the the, the capital. Who could forget about Hoosier? I think it's what <laughs> Tony's racing series should have used instead of Goodyear's <laughs> Hoosier's. But that's just me. Well, Hoosier's kind of make me think of dirt track and possibly. Yeah, it seems like it. Like maybe even um, you know drag racers. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that much about drag racing. Oh, who never. does? What well, is the? What is the? A lot of drag use. A lot of well, the, uh, I think it's a personal choice because Goodyear's used a lot, but I know like Mickey Thompson. Yeah. Makes uh, is a is a big and and drag. You got racing. hand cook. Hank. Well, I don't know if anybody uses what, is hand cook more dirt than anything. Now, hand cook is more like off roading, like um. Okay. Like trophy trucks and and gotcha. stuff like that. Yeah, like I think BF Goodwrench makes a lot of tires for that as as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What are NASCAR's ties into trophy trucks? Do they have any ties into that, or is that just no? Jimmy Johnson was a trophy truck driver, uh, but other than that, I don't think there is really any connection. I could be wrong about that, but I don't, I don't recall anything. I guess it would kind of be a you know mm. a conflict of interest because they already have their truck series. And well. I, I agree with with Devin. I mean, NASCAR, you know, get off get off the pot, you know, shit or get off the pot. Pardon the language, but it's <laughs> it's like, come on, you know, you you develop these tires, and and they always talk about it in their little tech segment and everything. Oh well, you know, if we do this, we you know we've got this tire that they can use, and then they've got one windshield wiper, and then they've got a red light and all that. I'm like, okay, well that's cool. But we never get to see it, and whenever they have an opportunity to show showcase that technology or whatever, they don't do it. Well, I think the current and rain I, tires. I guess that would probably be the same for the the dirt track stuff. I mean, I mean they've been racing on dirt a lot longer. Well, no, I take that back. Probably not. But they originated on dirt. I mean, did they just like? Nobody knows about dirt anymore, and well, uh, now this is a new anomaly. Well, like, oh, see, dirt here's here's tires? here's where they <laughs> ran into the problem with dirt, because Tony owns Eldora, mm-hmm. and he's had the truck race there for I don't know what five six years, something like that. Yeah, maybe longer than that. Long time, yeah. And he's been wanting, longer than that. Yeah, he's been wanting to get the Cup cars at Eldora for a long. He's been pushing for it for a long time. And Tony, coming from dirt, and Tony owning and managing Eldora, knows how to manage a racetrack. Yeah. The guys who work at Bristol do not know how to manage a dirt track. They just asked, they went around and asked a bunch of dirt track people, what would you do? What would you do? What would you do? But they don't have the the hands-on experience of, of managing either. dirt. Well, that's not their bread and butter. No, it's not. Which is yeah. is fine, and that's why NASCAR should have gone to, if not Eldora, I think Eldora would have been perfect. But if not Eldora, 
should have gone to a purpose-built dirt track, a real oh, yeah, dirt track. 100%. But Bristol, yeah. the, like yet again, Danny was talking about the politics of dates. Bristol doesn't want to give up a date. So if, if they, or any track doesn't want to give up a date. So if Eldora was slotted into the schedule, that's someone else losing a date. Um, and then with the trucks, like the trucks going, so when, when Tony found out that the NASCARs wouldn't run at Eldora, he tore up the truck contract for Eldora, and that so they lost that date, and that's why Knoxville is getting a date because they still wanted a truck dirt race, other than Bristol, I guess. And you see, and you see this track politics going on with the, with the Nashville situation, where the only reason Nashville is even having entertaining the possibility of coming back into NASCAR is because they got a deal worked out with the Bristol managing people, yeah. where. Bristol is going to manage it and make money off of it. And really, so to look at it from a high-level view is Bristol is owned by Bruton Smith, and I forgot what the company's called, but Bruton Smith owns like Bristol, Atlanta. He owns Texas Motor Speedway, Las Vegas, um, a lot of tracks in NASCAR. I forgot what the company is called, but they're all owned by the same company. It's And a lot of the politics of dates – is run by this company where they don't want to lose dates. So like if Nashville wants to gain uh, a date on the NASCAR schedule, well, okay, if we're, if we're going to take away from one of our company's dates, then we want to have the rights to run it. And that's why the dirt thing happened in Bristol, I think. And I think it was a bad idea. I mean, dirt Bristol is a good track. And I think there should be two Bristol races on the regular Bristol track. Cause that's one of the best NASCAR tracks there is. Yeah. And I love, so, I love Bristol. I think yeah, it's a Bristol, fantastic Bristol's race. Great. And you have also great dirt tracks around the country. You have Eldora. Eldora's run truck series for, I think it's close to 10 years now. It's been great. And there's never been really a big issue with it. And, they, and honestly, the Cup Series should have run there if they're going to. Hell. Well, I, say, NASCAR, I say bring it to Devil's Bowl. Yeah. Let these Cup cars. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Devil's Bowl will be fine. But I'm just saying, you know Eldora's proven. They can do it. They can handle it. I've seen the bathrooms there. They can't handle NASCAR. <laughs> Devin needs a new infrastructure. Can, can Devil's Ball handle? Uh, I know, man. I feel Devin? bad about that too. Absolutely not. But don't, NASCAR. Don't eat NASCAR, Hey, that pizza. That did me wrong. <laughs> but NASCAR. To the NASCAR. listeners who do not know, we had a bathroom situation at the sprint car race we went to with. Uh, I had a Devin bathroom. here. Yeah, yeah. just Devin. Yeah, I, I can give you the yeah, playbook. Not we, Devin. <laughs> yeah, don't don't if if you're in the Dallas area, don't go to Townie Small and eat Sabaro before you go to a, <laughs> a dirt track race and don't have a beer on top of it. How about this? How about this? Just don't go to Townie Small. <laughs> no, yep. don't 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 do that. Honestly, you're, you're right there. Yeah, because you're gonna go to that bathroom. And when they have a plywood door over the stall that doesn't lock, that you're taller than, so when you're going to, you know, do your business, you're like having to duck down. And whenever the dude brings his 15 kids in there and they're trying to push the door open and you're sweating bullets and trying to shit, that's not a good time. You're pinching a loaf and you get overrun like it's Somalia yeah. by a bunch of little kids. And, and you, you got Daddy, some why is he so red? <laughs> got a Black Hawk Down situation in the, in the hey, toilet there. You leave that man alone. He's just trying to shit. <laughs> 
I do appreciate. I like the Trey urinals. I'm a big fan of the Trey urinals. I don't like that either. They, long, uh, they had them in Daytona when I went, and uh, you know, you just walk up, and you know, there's no specific spot, I, so you look, can squeeze in as many people hey, as need to go, as long as they're comfortable. I, I'm not a fan. Don't of look left and don't look right. See, that's my problem. You have to, like, put your mouth on that thing. To each their own. But I'm not trying to have any meat gazers in there when I'm, you know, using the bathroom. Just take care of your business. Okay? I'm taking care of my business. I don't need somebody else taking care of it for me. Well, I can't mention how many times I've gone to a place and there's 30 million people waiting in line because there's only a a certain amount of urinals. With, With the trough, there is unlimited urinals. It is... The only limit is your imagination of how many. Yeah, and you got to worry about the lookers then. (laughs) (laughs) We already have a perfect blueprint in Bucky's. Yeah, but anyway, we need to get back to NASCAR. Not this isn't a bathroom podcast. Bathroom talk, talk notwithstanding. So NASCAR, they've gotten so far away from their origins. You know, they used to be, you know. Smugglers, runners, and stuff out there racing their cars, runners. Yeah, and now it, it seems like F1 and NASCAR have switched, and now NASCAR is like this corporate thing, and they're trying to be prim and proper. And oh, we're not going to run in the rain. Oh, we have a contract. We got to do this. We got to do that. And their origin is so far removed from that. They need to get back to that, like well, what happened? Outlaws- Spirit. What happened is, I don't think F1 has changed. F1 has always been prim, proper, gentlemen. It's always That's been that way. That's what I'm saying. But, but NASCAR has overtaken them in that regard. Well, NASCAR had was not it was popular, but it wasn't popular in the six, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s. But it blew up in the 90s, and they rode that wave mm-hmm. into the mid 2000s, and then it dropped. They rode it right to the ground. But see, but then they they never foresaw the end of that wave. So they built these big speedways in places that, like California, and in in places that NASCAR was popular at the time, but wasn't long term popular. Uh, and that's right. what they, that's where they killed themselves. They really got they put the cart in front of the horse, really got out way ahead of themselves, and now they're still reeling um, from that, and they're still trying to fill these markets that just aren't there anymore. And, and part of that goes back to like they in the 90s when they were expanding, there was this kind of idea amongst them where the old school beaten and banging style of NASCAR was not professional and didn't look good on national television. And they wanted to look like a real That's polished. And, well, exactly. I know. But like they, they wanted to look like a real polished series. And so they started building these these big 1.5 mile tracks everywhere because the racing there was cleaner. It looked more professional or so to speak. But it wasn't what got NASCAR the way to where right. it was. If you think yeah, about it, it, the very first televised, televised, not whatever, Daytona <laughs> 500 ended fight. ended with Kel Yarbrough and was it Bobby Allison? Or was it the, uh, the other Allison? But anyway, yeah, that ended with the fight. That's the image of NASCAR. That People's very first image of NASCAR is a brawl. And that's I, awesome. I think they're getting back to it. I think they're starting to realize their mistake. You, you see them at California; they're tearing up the track and they're they're building it. I think it's going to be like a Bristol clone, sort of. It's going to be a high speed half mile. Yeah. And they're they're going back to dirt. Uh, I think they're doing what they can, but like again, there's always the schedule politics of they can't just abandon some of these tracks. And Devin, like you, you were saying they got away from one thing. I've always had a problem with is 
they've got it so far away from the stock car. Mm-hmm. Because back back in the original days, you took a car off the showroom and you gutted it and put a roll cage in it and souped up the engine and, and put it out on the track, and that was really the the sell you know win months win Sunday sell Monday because you saw the car that was out on the track, you saw it in the right. showroom. You could own that car potentially. I, right. I like I like what they do in IMSA because the in IMSA if you're like one of the the GT classes or it's the same thing with uh, WC Lamar is like there's a certain floor of you have to produce these uh, a certain amount for production to sell to regular people and then you can like race basically a modified race version of that car yeah like the uh, and i like that i like that because it, it forces the manufacturers to actually design good cars and in, in-house i think and porsche actually uh with the 913 i think it was the 913 mm-hmm. They had to produce. It was that that rule. They had to produce so many cars in order to race it to, for the class. So they just made enough, just the number, and they just gave them to employees. They didn't. Well, they never like sold that, them. Yeah, that's why Corvette went to the mid-engine thing because it's better for racing, and you know they're producing them that way, and it's cool. I'm not. I'm not too tore up about losing the front engine thing. I've but, heard they're going back to front engine. Are they really? Well, that's yeah, I, I, I know they're doing mid-engine for now, but. NASCAR used to do that. Like the, these companies used to do that for a NASCAR. So but now, like the the manufacturers in NASCAR, they're essentially just sponsors. But now, they're, so they're decals with the new cars, with it being like I said, they were kind of getting more uh, akin to the GT sports cars. I wouldn't say they're going back all the way stock, but I feel like it's more that I direction. I think they're going to look that way, but the cars mm-hmm. themselves are going to be even more spec, even more like uniform. In your so, what do you other than body, other than body panels yeah, for like, yeah, and you are you are correct about that because that's what they're doing. I mean, mm-hmm. I've I've heard people uh, I'm kind of name it's about low cost. Yeah, because uh, uh, Dell Junior's uh, podcast had brought that up about the the Gen Seven car that they're trying to get back to that way of like manufacturers. Like now, Ford has a car. Their Mustang's going to be coming out May fifth. Mm-hmm. That's supposed to be that. I mean, they've got it covered up like they're doing, like whenever they the camo. Yeah, when they do a new car, you know, to disguise it, and that's what they're going to do with that car. I think that's cool, man. I mean, because you look at the old seventies model. I mean, the seventies races. I mean, hell, you had Thunderbird, you had Oldsmobile, you had Buick. You had Plymouth. You had, I mean, you had all those manufacturers, and they all looked a little different than each other. I mean, I, personally, I miss that. I hate the cookie cutter looking cars. Right. Yeah. Me so, too. I mean, if they if they kind of went back that way, even if it was kind of subtle, you know, well, that's kind of what I like. I think like over the, the past few years they've been going that direction because when yeah. the year that Ford brought out the Mustang, they kind of started to try to make the cars look more like because you, I mean. They're not. They're still pretty much. It's just somewhat, the decals that make well, it look like the car. Well, no, right, not, right, right. Well, the past few years, I'm saying though, they're still cookie cutter in a way. But if you notice, like especially this year, the Mustang does look different than the Chevy, and the Chevy does there, look different than the Toyota. Yeah, yeah. There, there is some body difference, at least on the nose so, of these cars. I want to ask y'all this. See what y'all think about it. Yeah. With these manufacturers like Ford and Chevy and stuff like that, and uh, emissions regulations. I've I've seen a, a lot of companies talk about by like you know twenty thirty or whatever they're going to be all electric. Do you see NASCAR going the way of electric? 
I hope not. No. I don't want F1 no. to go electric either. I don't know if they could do that or not. I mean, because you're hitting towards it. Yeah. Electric cars, like, they don't work for that amount of distance if you're racing hard. Like, if you look at Formula E, they have to switch car halfway through to get the whole race in. Because, like, you got to sit there for a half hour to charge the battery. If you yeah, what, can you, can you imagine? What's going to happen with. And, and, and I don't know. It, it would be dumb. I, the the fans wouldn't like it. It would be good for nobody. And honestly, like as far as the actual carbon footprint of racing, it's very small because yeah. there's, there's what not they that also, many racers. What they also fail to tell you is they act like these electric power cars are so much better for the environment. But these batteries are manufactured in China and these big these big factories that are still using oil and still using power. And then they put them on a big giant tanker, which uses... I mean, yeah. gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons of fuel and everything else to ship well, it over here. And they're still using coal and natural gas to produce but, electricity. Right. Yeah, but that's all like the actual, you know, emissions part of it. But I'm saying money-wise, so say, say 2030, Ford goes all electric, right? Mm-hmm. Ford isn't going to produce, Ford isn't going to go out of their way. They're like, all right, we're all electric in everything but NASCAR. We're still putting money into NASCAR to make these gasoline-powered engines. Well, you also got to think about what everything, what what all Ford is in, because Ford isn't just a NASCAR. Ford makes uh, rally. They make rally racing. They do drag racing. Um, yeah, so they even like Tony Stewart's Tony Stewart sprint yeah. car team IMSA. has IMSA. Tony Stewart's sprint car team has Ford engines. Like, uh, so I think most of the engine work is actually done by like engine shops in NASCAR. Anyways, I think they get like a block from the yeah, manufacturer. I think I so too. I, I don't think like Ford is really like doing a whole lot of work. They like they're like supplying like an engine block, and then like Hendrick is, or not Hendrick. They're not Ford, but like whoever the Ford, like Roush, I guess is like the Ford. Yeah, but they're like here, they're really building the motors. Here in ten years, though, if Ford isn't producing any more engine blocks, then does that just mean Ford is out of the game? Well, what could what it could mean? <laughs> I don't know. What it could mean if it went this way, which. I don't know if it would, but maybe um, they would just run old blocks. Are they would? Are so they would make their blocks? They're just an aluminum thing. Yeah. So yeah, they would. Or they would go to these these second these second uh, hand engine makers like uh like we we're talking about at F one, like Judd and Mugen. They yeah, make I can see that more than running old stuff because because you can get by with running old stuff for a little bit, but you know you're not going to be out there for. Uh, a big time NASCAR race running fifteen year old blocks. No, but for example, Judd um, Judd is one of the only manufacturers in the world that can still manufacture a, like a nineteen seventies nineteen eighties F one engine. Um, they make Renault F one engines currently uh, for collectors or for these like heritage the type series, Goodwood right. runs stuff like that. Um, so they could go like that direction. I don't see NASCAR ever going fully electric i mean I they either. barely just they either. just barely went to fuel injection like 10 years ago yeah. <laughs> well the first gas-powered car came out what in the 1880s why why all of a sudden we barely got not even 150 years into this joint and we're already talking all electric well, okay you know what you know what i could see them doing if they really wanted to like get like so-called greenness so to speak you could work on the fuel side okay like green fuel and reduce emissions but well, there's like there's a lot of talk about hydrogen fuel yeah and there's things like that but like people are they, 
People want to go to the race and they want to hear the engine roar. Yeah, if if you went to the race, down the you track. hear that stupid electric whine. It's like <laughs> you I don't hear it. Go. Get real crazy. They could go steam powered. Go backwards. Just well, get locomotives. You know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna okay, backtrack. Steam powered is not clean because you're burning coal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna fall back a little bit because Danny, you're right. There's not much of a footprint when you come to the uh, when you talk about the internal combustion engine. And you know they're burning ethanol, so they they seem to be promoting that pretty heavily. I don't know what that does to the environment, but I can't imagine that it does anything to the environment. Like if you were to have a lithium battery crack open over in turn yeah. four, I mean that's immediate damage that can last for hundreds of years possibly. But you probably won't notice any kind of damage in the atmosphere or the ground or the grass or the birds or the bees or whatever. For maybe a hundred years or more with you know uh fossil fuels and, and so it's like well all right we got a nuclear reactor down over in turn four i mean <laughs> yeah you might as well go ahead and just plow up the track and say you know shit we're done here we're gonna have to go over here to well, joe bob's it's, it's, raceway it's, you know it's, it's all signaling for there, like it's all signaling for what do you call it it's all signaling for advertising because like, if you, you know, sure. there's no real impact to this. Cause we're talking about 40 cars once a week. Like it's no impact at all. Yeah. It's, it's a fart in the, in the wind. Things, <laughs> it's, it's a, a fart, fart in the wind. But like the only thing would be if the manufacturers just don't want to be associated with gasoline engines Yeah, and they want to promote electric. That's what it would come down to. And, and if that happens, it would suck. <laughs> yeah, they're delaying races now because of rain. Could you imagine if a car was having a <laughs> nuclear meltdown? Well, we is there any turn three in the electric? We're, we'll is there be any, back in ten years in the electric motor? Well, the tires wouldn't matter battery. at that point. So you know, like, well, is there any kind of drive through it? I guess is there any kind of magnesium? Do you know of? I have no idea. Because with magnesium, like, if it catches fire. You can't put it. I mean, you can. You put you have the right. Have the exact specific stuff to do it. But a magnesium fire, you can't put out. Magnesium fire I, just burns until it's gone. Yeah. I will say on the other end of this electric battle, I did watch the Formula X in Saudi Arabia, where they're in the where they the off road electric Hummers and the Dunes and all that. That was kind of cool. Yeah, it was all right. Uh, I think having right. three cars race at one time. Although it was a little hilarious that the whole point of the sport is to promote like green energy, and they're in Saudi Arabia, like <laughs> the biggest oil producer in the world. Well, yeah, let's we'll stick on NASCAR. I'm probably, just saying, just talking about the whole fuel situation. Probably the greenest racing there is is probably soapbox derby racing. No, yeah. the, the greenest racing <laughs> there is racing. is That's true. Olympic track. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, yeah. Well, no, not if you if you fart. <laughs> yeah. Well, what they're well, gonna yeah, do they, is what they're gonna do is they're gonna have cars, a NASCAR with no engine, and then the drivers will start in the car and have to get out and run 500 miles. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that'd be more entertaining than some of the stuff I've seen. <laughs> yeah, I want to see them bump and grind and <laughs> you know and draft off of each other. <laughs> Kyle Busch is bumping and grinding in turn four. Get the slipstream. Get the slipstream. Uh, yeah. Everybody's drafting down. Sake. Man, I can't keep up with you. For NASCAR's sake, I could honestly see them abandoning the manufacturers before they man- they ban- abandon gasoline engines. I think so too. I think because I think like electric, these, these fans are not going to watch electric NASCAR. No, they will not. No. It, it will be the end of NASCAR. So if NASCAR has to do what they have to do to survive, 
they'll just make custom engines and you can cast a block if you got you know what i mean it's not a big deal well, yeah. like i said there's companies that already do it already yeah, um, yeah. So, and these manufacturers they're they're nothing more than glorified sponsors essentially because they don't build the cars they're not building they the like cars i think toyota their trd or whatever they seem to be a little bit involved i don't know the whole extent of that but like it's not that big a deal it's mostly the teams oh well, yeah yeah and the cars are spec cars anyways for the most part but yeah nascar is not going electric i don't think that's ever going to happen speaking no. of teams which team do you think has the the biggest advantage this year so far in nascar i i mean Penske is really doing well and i think you got gibbs ahead, is really doing well right now gibbs is always i think I think Gibbs is really the top team in NASCAR right now, and I hate to say it because I hate the Redskins and I hate Toyota. But you got Hamlin and Truex are number one and two in standings, and then uh, I think I think Hendrick is really strong with Larson. I, I think they're a little weak on the driver side, but the cars seem to be good. Well, you, I mean, as far as the driver line, yeah, he's goes, fourth in points. You got Elliott and Larson, which I think are fantastic, both great drivers. Yeah, I think Byron and Bowman are. It's hit yeah. or miss. They're not yeah. consistent. And I think that's the problem with Stuart Haas as well. Because I think Stuart Haas, I think you have Harvick, who's a proven um, Hall of Famer. And I really like Chase Briscoe. I'm a huge Chase Briscoe fan. But it's also his rookie year. And typically He's NASCAR, take a few years. it takes yeah. a few years to get going. But Custer and Amarola, Amarola's never sh- shown anything long-term. Um, and Custer, I just don't know about, honestly. I don't know if he has the talent. What well, you you said about it takes a few years. How long? I mean, because I'm just kind of getting back into the fold of everything in NASCAR. Because I kind of stopped watching NASCAR real heavy after about 2002 or three. Mm-hmm. So, what about Larson? I mean, look, he Larson, he's in full swing. He's I mean, like, he's ready to go win a title. Right yeah. now, he's like fourth in points. Well, Larson, yeah, yeah. Larson had a bunch of years' experience at Ganassi. And, but, then, yeah, and then it's his, like a mid-tier car. And then the incident happened, and he went. Incident. He went and raced dirt. He, I mean, so he raced Outlaws. He raced Tony Stewart's Circuit of Champions. He raced in the Chili Bowl. But see, so I don't know the exact governing body, but he didn't win the Outlaw Championship because he didn't race enough Outlaw races. Oh, okay. And he didn't win the All Star Championship because he didn't race enough All Star races. But there's like some governing body that like counts points for every major sprint car series and has like a national sprint car champion and Kyle Larson won the national sprint car championship or whatever last year. And he won the chili bowl. Um, this past he, he's an incredible talented driver. And you know what? And for years he was in Ganassi, which is just sort of mid tier NASCAR. And he really, and I always thought like, what is he doing there? Cause like you always heard the hype. Kyle Larson was like the next big thing, but he's not on a good team and he was always staying there. And so, you know, his whole uh, incident at uh, the Monza Oval on iRacing, it might have been the best thing to ever happen to him because he opened it up in dirt, and then he's ended up at Hendrick Motorsports in a great car, and look at where he's at. He's winning races. He actually won a sprint car race last night. Oh, he did? Oh, did he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Huh. But, well, yeah, he's looking real strong. There's obviously, obviously Chase Elliott for, uh, for Hendrick. Hendrick. Yep. Uh, William, just, William Byron's actually ahead points. of him. And, and, well, so, yeah. Okay, so Byron's actually ahead of him. Here's the thing. Well, Byron's won a race. 
Yeah. And Chase hasn't. Chase should have won that road course. Um, I mean, I think what out of the past six or seven road courses, he's won five or six. Like he's he's dominated at road courses, and he should have won that race. But like I said, NASCAR tried in to, Daytona. Yeah, NASCAR right. tried to like generate excitement and kind of screwed him. Gotcha. Um, but I think Elliot, it took him, I want to say three seasons before he got his first win. You got to understand, yeah, like the Cup Series, I mean, you got like Kevin Harvick, who's been racing since 2001 in the Cup Series. Like these guys, once they get good, they're there forever. And so like if you're a new guy coming in, it's going to take a while. It takes a while to get up to speed. Um, Yeah. And especially this, well, the past two seasons with really no practice and no qualifying, it really cuts down your your seat time. I think that's ridiculous. uh, That's another thing I want to talk about is – why aren't they qualified? I mean, I know it's, is it, is it a COVID thing or is it a it thing is. to try it, to save money for the teams? Well, it, well is. it was at first it was COVID like, okay, it was, what's the bare minimum we have to do to get a race in. Gotcha. But then Toyota, but now, Toyota is trying to push this, like make it a permanent thing because as Dale Jr.'s I, podcast I was talking too. about it and he said for years and years and years, NASCAR has been trying to figure out how to cut costs. Mm-hmm. And they said, we've done everything we can do. We don't know how to cut costs. We don't know how to cut costs. Yeah. And they're saying now with no qualifying and no practice, it's majorly cut cost. Yeah. And Toyota is saying, let's do this permanently. But the neg and, and for your established drivers like Kevin Harvick and your Joey Logano's and your Bradley, like those people, they've raced these tracks. And I mean, the dirt race they didn't and Coda they haven't and they'll get practice and qualifying there at some of these. But these tracks they've run years and years and years they know they know the track yeah but then you have these rookies like for instance um Haley Deegan in the truck series her dad mm-hmm. Brian Deegan mm-hmm. he come out he made a public comment and he was saying that NASCAR is setting these rookies up to fail he's saying it's so be, garbage because he's saying they're not getting practice they're not getting qualifying and they're just expected to go out there and just go you know and they're yeah. how are they supposed to perform against someone who already has that major advantage. Yeah. Yeah. It's like absolutely clown ass nonsense to not do practice and qualifying for a race, a professional like top series race. Yeah. I mean, as a fan, I mean that I mean, I, I've only been to like, I think it's like two or you know, two or three qualifiers or qualifying. Um, and I mean, I enjoyed it just because you get to see your driver, by himself you get to see him just kind of do his thing and the team um but it's i I don't know i mean i kind of see it both ways it's like well okay i mean what's the point but where are they judging where are they going to put them in the lineup on the next race is it where they finish the last race are they going to are because of points they have are they going to put them in the point system they have some kind of system yeah i don't forget what it is but like What's really important is if NASCAR wants to go to the next generation, which they've been like making a big effort to push these young guys like Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, that whole generation of guys, William Byron is one of them, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you got to give these guys practice. They got to get time out there. And like, cause like, you know, the last few years besides, you know, Chase Elliott winning this title has been dominated by really the old guys. Yeah. And, like these young guys got to get practice, and it's so stupid. Like so, like 
short-term thinking, oh, we'll save some costs by not running practice laps. But, like, as a sport, you're not developing your next generation of stars. Yeah, that's like that old adage, practice, practice, practice. But if there's no practice, then <laughs> yeah. you get bad racing. Well, yeah. The, yeah, And that neglects the, the, the up-and-coming teams, I would think, too, so they can compete. Because yeah. they haven't built any points up if that's how they go by. I mean, if they go by like, well, okay, well, he's – fifth in points so we're going to put him in the top 10 of you know starters in the next race well then the people that have you know they're trying to make their way in the world well they're like well shit you know i mean what am i doing you know i mean maybe i can go out there and turn a a a, a good qualifying lap and make a good time and i can start on the front row but if i yes. can't do that then i'm sitting here in the back with everybody else and i'm like well you know hell, i'm gonna wind up getting caught up in a wreck or something yeah, so they're at Richmond this week, and I guess so they've done no practice or anything at Richmond, no qualifying, and they're just going to run the race tomorrow? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's the only way these guys are getting practice in right now it's is iRacing. <laughs> that and begging some, because I don't know why it's like this, because from what I can remember, truck, truck races used to be on Fridays. Um, Xfinity was Saturdays, and then the cup cars were Sundays. Well, now in the only practice they're getting is these guys that, hey, Kyle, can I drive your car uh, this Saturday so I can get some practice in? You know, oh, yeah. Basically what Martin Truex Jr. did. That's why he even was in the dirt race that Kyle Busch was like, yeah, bro, you can run my truck. Which um, then which then ex- exacerbates the problem because then you're, you're killing the even younger drivers. Yeah. Because you get Kyle Busch who – he damn near drives every truck race. Yeah. All those guys in the truck race. And Kyle Busch, I mean, as much as I don't like him, he's a fantastic driver. So he's got that experience, and he goes out there, and he dominates these truck races. Well, all these young guys that are trying to make a name for themselves and trying to get out there and trying to show themselves, they can't. Because they're being overshadowed by Bush. I'll tell you what, it was awesome this week. I was watching them the recording of John Hunter Nemechek. He held Kyle Busch off and beat him at the at uh, Richmond this week. Mm. I didn't and, get to watch. I didn't get to watch the truck race this yeah, week. Yeah, John, John Hunter Nemechek won, and Kyle Busch was second. I thought that was pretty cool to see. Well, that's another downfall for the people that are coming up into the sport. You know, that are trying to make their way into Cup or whatever. If, if they're if, I mean, these guys, it seems like if if Kyle Busch gets in there and runs a truck race at a track that he's going to run Sunday, well, he's already getting his practice. Right. Mm-hmm. He's getting warmed up, if you will. Right. And then – And that was – yeah, and that was that was Kyle Busch's excuse for why he sucked so bad last year is it was no practice. He's used to having tons of practice. Yeah. Kyle Busch will run typically two to three races a weekend. He'll run yeah. all three races. You gotta respect it, the the level of work he puts into it, though. I mean, yeah, like I said, he's a fantastic driver, and I think that's a a product of it. But it just it hurts the lower class, not class, but lower, you know, people that are people that are it, trying it, to make their way. Sure. In the short term, you gotta look at the NASCAR perspective. In the short term, it's like people are gonna watch the truck race if there's a Kyle Busch in there, a little bit more. Yeah, because I'm not going to watch it if I don't know anybody in there that's driving. Exactly, and that's that's why NASCAR doesn't like totally like, you know, discourage it because like they would like they like it whenever the, some of these guys run in these lower series because it's a little more like name name power to it. And 
and that's what they want. And, and, and in that way, it does help the, the lower teams in, in a roundabout way of getting more more eyes on them. I guess, and you get in a way. I guess it's kind of a double edged sword because yeah, you're hurting because you're being overshadowed, but at the same time, you are getting the experience of racing with a cup driver. So you are experiencing a little bit of that higher competition. I think the worst thing is the no practice because you, now you're talking about cutting actual laps. Because when Kyle Busch runs it, runs a race, it's like okay, you're still getting to run your laps and getting your getting your race time in. But like, if you're not able to run practice and you're just running these races raw, I think that's stupid. Yeah, because you're also during practice, you're going out there and you're testing different setups. You're testing different. Mm-hmm. You're trying to figure some stuff you're out. You're seeing what works and what doesn't. And you're just going right. in. You're going into a race completely blind expect i mean if you so kyle bush like i said he runs truck race every year so he has his setup notes and everything from the the previous season but like someone like Haley deegan who this is her first year racing trucks has nothing to go on has no kind of backlog of notes and just going in blind yeah she's gonna struggle right i mean mean, she might get lucky and and you know pull off a top 20 finish or something or maybe a top 10 but she's not gonna not gonna compete for wins she's not gonna be up there rubbing elbows or fenders with uh, the likes of you know whoever's upper crust of that that you know series right um but yeah i, I it that that's frustrating and i, I mean i as a fan i because um, I, I think I'd asked that about you, uh, to you guys whenever I was talking about wanting to go to a, a cup race this year. Uh-huh. I said, well, let's go to qualifying. Like, well, they don't qualify anymore. I'm like, what? Right. I'm like, man, that was fun. Right. I mean, you get to see the cars do that. I, and I've never been to a NASCAR qualifying or practice session. Oh, gosh. It's, I've been it's to, awesome. I've been to NHRA qualifying, which they just race each other. Yeah. And then it's the times. And then, of course, I've been to a million dirt track races yeah. where they – their qualifying is heat races. Yeah, you know they get out there, but never been to a NASCAR qualifying. And well, I mean NASCAR qualifying, you got qualifying, and then you got happy hour where they get out there and they just kind of run and they kind of stretch the legs of the. But car I think they got rid of that a long time ago. Yeah, I mean they that cut was that cool. That was just a cool. while ago. And then we're going to that IndyCar race uh, next month. I've never been to an IndyCar race. Period. But I don't know how they do. Do they they do their qualifying on the same day or is it uh, separated or? Well, they did qualify for the the Alabama Grand Prix. They did that today <laughs> yeah. for the Alabama Grand Prix tomorrow. So they're doing it more normal. Yeah. Do they do? How does their setup? Is it like a sprint race, or is it just one car at a time goes out there and runs laps, or is it like F one style? I want to. I want to say it's. They have their own setup, but it's sort of a similar like F one Q one Q two Q three type thing, but it's, it's a little different. But I think they have multiple cars on track. I don't think it's just single car qualifying. There's like sessions and stuff. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be a good season at least. I mean, I'm I was really excited about this season with the dirt race and Coda for the first time. I think that's going to be well, the Texas Grand Prix. Well, <laughs> well, I don't, for years and years and years, Eddie Gossage, who runs Texas, has always said there's only one NASCAR race in Texas. But with having Coda now. I wonder how he feels about that. Well, I mean, I don't really care, I guess, but just curious. Well, I think they, they compensated it by giving Texas Motor Speedway the all-star, all-star. race. But the that, all-star, race, think, the all-star that, race is going to be revolving, isn't it? For, yeah, well, 
who knows? Because sometimes it's at the same race for the same track year after year. So I don't know. We'll see. I know for at least this year they've given it to Texas, and I think that's kind of the uh, what do you call it? That's kind of like their little compensation for taking a regular points paying race away. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well. But in closing this week, what are our predictions for tomorrow? Afternoon race. Richmond. Does well, anybody, I think Max is probably going to take it. <laughs> Does anybody have the starting Both lineup? Both races, NASCAR and F1. So tomorrow is the man. <laughs> so tomorrow I'm going to just name the grid 1 through 10. I'm not going to name everyone. Not the grid really matters because of the way NASCAR is doing things these days. But uh, number one, Truex Jr., two, Hamlin, three, Elliott, four, Byron, Five Logano, six Larson, seven Blaney, uh, eight Bell, nine Harvick, and ten Bush. Zeth's racing. Yeah, maybe Bell. this is maybe this is just me hoping, but Chase Elliott is my guy, and he's a short track and road course expert, so I'm hoping Elliott pulls it out. He needs a win just to go ahead and lock himself. In as the much chase. as I don't like Logano. On the track, I've come to like him commentary-wise. Um, I think he's a goober. He is, <laughs> but, you know, he does. He is pretty knowledgeable, and he is pretty good at these short tracks as well. And I'm going to go out of pocket here and say Logano is going to win it. I was also going to go with Logano, and, you know... This is just the no practice, no qualifying. It's so stupid because you don't know who's fast. You don't know who's got, you know what I mean? And I, I hate no way that. to judge it. There's no way to judge it. And you just have to go by who's generally good. And I think Logano is probably one of the, he's probably one of the top three drivers in NASCAR right now. And so I'd have to go, I, I would pick Logano as well. Yeah, I think I'd go with Logano. Well, Joe Boo. Well, I'm sitting here, I'm making my notes. Because I like to make, the numbers. I like to make notes. I've got get the Excel uh, spreadsheet next, going, Danny. Yeah, I think next time <laughs> when we do a podcast, I believe the fellows to my left are going to have them a little tablet to kind of scribble stuff down. Because I don't know if that might help them. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, but uh, what do we say here? Who are you picking to win the race tomorrow? In NASCAR? Yes. NASCAR, I'm going with Kozlowski. Mm. That's a tough look, pick look, considering I'm giving... Kozlowski ain't in the <laughs> top 10 right now. <laughs> top 10 of what? The in grid. The starting grid. And Richard want to make a quick... So they're going to... Well... Do y'all want to make a quick Alabama Grand Prix starting uh, grid... Uh, what do you call it? Prediction? Well, considering I only know like four I'm IndyCar drivers... the ex-Haas, I'm going to say Grosjean. All right, I'll give you guys real quick the top 10 starting grid at Barber Motorsports Park for the Alabama Grand Prix. And it, we got number one, Pato Award, and I know he's a McLaren driver. And you got Alexander Rossi, three, Alex Palou, don't know him. Number four, Will Power, five, Scott Dixon, six, Marcus Erickson, seven, Ramon Grosjean. Wanker, confirmed wanker. Uh, number eight, <laughs> Joseph Newgarden. Nine, Colton Herta, the great uh, American hope. And number 10, Connor Daly. So I'm going to go to win the race. 
I'm going to go Will Power from that fourth spot. Will Power is one of the top IndyCar drivers from what I understand. If I'm going to make a sm- – okay, so here I'm going to make a smart pick in Simon Pagano. Um, Pagano? Where is he starting? He's not even in that. Wait. Oh, he's – He's fifteenth. Okay, well, but so he's, he's in it. He's like, uh, is what? that really a smart pick? He's like ten-time champion or something. Like he's like crazy. So their Jimmy John, their Jimmy Johnson guy is Scott Dixon. Oh, is it not, not Pagano? No, Scott oh. Pagano's good, but Scott Dixon is like the oh, I had him the confused. Jimmy Johnson guy. Is Scott Dixon even where's he at? I had him confused. Fifth. He started in fifth. I picked Will Power from fourth. I like. Well, Dick, I picked well, Grosjean just to be a smart ass, but I think I'd say Scott Dixon. He's D- pretty good. Dixon. Dixon is the smart pick. I got him confused with Pagano, but Dixon wins like everything. But mm-hmm. just I, I, I wouldn't discount Pato Award certain Paul McLaren. Well, that's what I'm saying. Just because I like McLaren, I want to pick him, and then I want to make a crazy pick. I'd like to see Jimmy do something. Yeah. Where is he? I'd be happy to see Jimmy finish. So the top yeah, 10. speaking to that, he was bragging. He did not qualify last. Yeah, he exactly. qualified twenty fourth, twenty first out of twenty four. Hey, not last. Okay. And 20, the last place was a minute 40, so there was some issue there because the next to last was a minute 07. So Jimmy Johnson qualified minute 07.7, which is just about two full seconds off of Pat Ward's full time. i got three races to watch tomorrow. Well, busy day. I think I'm going to pull yeah, for I'm Will Power. That's what I'm pulling will for. Power. Will right. Power. You got a lot of Will Power, huh? He's, he's got, got a lot got of Will Power. power. He and was on the ticket. Uh, I think he's an Australian. He's on the ticket, though. Devin From down under. Devin is pulling for Santino Ferrucci. I thought you were going to say Santino Morella. <laughs> he's doing you know, Ferrucci's doing Xfinity. He's not even in this race. But, I know. Yeah. All right, fellas. No, I'm I got to go uh, with the man on fire, Roman Grosjean. <laughs> Wanker. <laughs> so being said, I'm going to go ahead and close it out this week. Door slammer. The old door slam. Well, your seat's just been taken. Don't, yeah. Very well said. (laughs) Well, until next time, boys. It was good. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Don't forget my F1 picks for tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Be sure to like, share, Gasly, and Ricardo. Yeah. Like, share, subscribe. Follow us on Instagram. Amen. Give us money. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have a Patreon yet. That's coming. I'll take Figure coupons. Good morning, man. I'll take coupons. <laughs> <laughs>